Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin a two-week break from our study of Ephesians to honor the Christmas season. Let your mind imagine the picture described in Luke chapter 2, verses 1-20, through 20, the familiar portion of Scripture which takes us to the little town of Bethlehem and the quiet hills nearby. I want us to think back to centuries before that night and let the Spirit of God teach us afresh about what we celebrate under the banner of Christmas. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he unfolds today's slice of this week's message entitled, Ephratha Emanates Excellency. We at Heritage Bible Church also wish you all a merry Christ-centered Christmas. I want to begin by reading the familiar portion of Scripture that takes us to that little town of Bethlehem and the quiet hills nearby. So follow along as I read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. I never grow tired of reading that. 
When we were in uh, Israel last time, a couple of years ago, one of my favorite stops on that trip was in that region, not far from Bethlehem. It was unlike almost every other site that we took in on that trip. There were no churches in sight. There were no archaeological digs, no commemorative signs, not one single souvenir stand or hotel or restaurant. It was just a place to pull out alongside the road and get out and take in the picture, take in the scene, and read the Scriptures. We could picture shepherds in the fields. There were shepherds in the fields with sheep. We knew that because it wasn't at night. We could tell that. But it wasn't hard to imagine that scene in pitch dark and to have the darkness split open by an angel sent from God with the glory of God all around him. I could imagine the shepherds after that angelic visit scurrying into the little village, then coming back that night completely unable to sleep or to stop talking about what they saw. They would never have guessed that day that they were playing a role that would be written down forever in the Scriptures, playing a role in the unfolding of a vital step in God's plan of redemption. Now, I want us to think back to that place, but I'd like us to think back to even centuries before the birth of Christ and let the Spirit of God teach us afresh about what we celebrate under the banner of Christmas. I wish that wasn't the name attached to the holiday. We could do so much better than something that describes some very flawed theology. Uh, Noel is a good one. It's not just a girl's name, and it's not just when Pat Sajak says there's no L in the puzzle. He doesn't mean Merry Christmas. Um, it, it means birth. Nativity wouldn't be a, a bad one either. That means your birth, where you're born. That's when you become the native of a place. But hey, we're stuck with Christmas. We know what we mean. We'll just roll with it. Well, this year, I entered my annual conundrum that usually comes along to me early in December, uh, trying to figure out what to preach on the Sunday before Christmas. Well, this year, my conundrum was mercifully ended earlier than usual when I was uh, sitting at home on a Wednesday night uh, nursing my post-surgical knee, which is fine, thank you very much. I was listening to Scott Basolo preach through Ruth. And he was reading through things, and I could almost mouth the words along with him when a word jumped out to me. And it came from that moment in the story of the book of Ruth when the decision was sealed that Boaz was going to become the husband of Ruth to exercise that requirement of leveret marriage, and he was going to raise up an inheritance in the name of her deceased first husband, Malon. The specific verse that um, the word jumped out to me from is Ruth chapter 4, verse 11. All the people who were in the court, that is in the, the courtyard of the gates of the city where the business was done, all the people who were in the court and the elders said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, 
both of whom built the house of Israel. And may you achieve wealth in Ephrathah and become famous in Bethlehem. Now, shortly after I came to the Lord, I was thrilled. Well, every time I found a passage of Scripture that I didn't know, which was pretty easy because I didn't know any of it, um, when I first heard the story of Ruth and, and how God arranged providentially for her to uh, not only be redeemed after losing her husband, but also to become the great-grandmother of David. And I was also thrilled to hear about God gave notice, how God gave notice centuries in advance that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. Very precise. And that's in the text that we're going to study this morning. But as I read that text, you know, and I, and I always thought when I was just new in the Lord, you know, uh, God used Micah to write Mac, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, so that the scholars could answer when the Magi showed up where, and asked where the king of the Jews was going to be born, that, you know, they just said, well, in, in Bethlehem of Judea, for the prophets said, and then they quote from Micah 5, 2. And, you know, he, he wrote more than that one verse. You know, and it took me a while to figure out that there was more to the book of Micah than that. But as I was reading even Micah 5, 2 and all the times that I read it, I, I confess I would slide by the word Ephrathah. Now, you've probably not used the word Ephrathah on purpose, um, unless it was some sort of, uh, you know, breathing spasm or something. Um, uh, I could tell it was a geographical reference that had something to do with the region of Bethlehem, but... It, it didn't come until the last couple of weeks I started searching out where that word came from. It's the one that jumped out to me when I heard Ruth 4.11 being read and I heard Ephrathah. Well, so I dug in. I found out Ephrathah occurs in five places in the Old Testament. It does tie to the genealogy of Jesus with the connection that the name of the place from which David came was originally named for a specific man. He was a descendant of Judah. How do we know that? First Chronicles 4, 1 through 4. Now, this is going to give you goosebumps if nothing else I read this morning does. The sons of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Rei, the son of Shobal, became the father of Jahath, and Jahath became the father of Ahumai and Lahad. You thrilled yet? Keep going. These were the families of the Zorathites. These were the sons of Etam, Jezreel, Ishma, and Ibdash, and the name of their sister was Hazaloponi. Penuel was the father of Gador, and Azer the father of Hushah. These were the sons of Hur. Here it is, the firstborn of Ephrathah, the father of Bethlehem. Ephrathah was a person, and he founded what became the little village of Bethlehem. Now, I don't ask you to memorize that genealogy any more than I recommend that you name your daughter Hazel Pony. Uh, she's going to want a pony if you call her that, and uh, that could be problematical. But I do urge you to marvel at the specificity of the unfolding of the plan of God to bring our Savior into the world at precisely the right time, in precisely the right place, named after precisely the right guy who was born to the right guy, who was born to the right guy, who was born to the right guy. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.